1: Presented by T Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: You're listening to the Writer
0: Than You podcast.
2: All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. What is it, Wednesday? It's hard to follow this stuff on a holiday week. It is Wednesday. I've checked with my sources. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. Appreciate you listening. Here on CBS Sports Radio, I'm Bill Ryder. He is Pretty Daddy, the executive producer. We'll talk to Tom in a second. I got I got lured in to a 25-year-old film last night. And it is every bit as good as I remembered. I blame some random guy on Twitter for tweeting out the oral history of this movie. I'll hit you up with that in a little bit. The college football playoff. We knew expansion was 12 teams. We didn't have the nitty-gritty details. We have them now. We'll explain it to you. It is confusing at first blush, but it makes sense. Once you sort of get your, your arms around it, uh, I understood it when I read it. Uh, Tom needed some help, so the Dodd father, Dennis Dodd, called him and explained it to him, and then Tom explained it to me, and I guess I did need some help. So we've got you covered from all angles. And thank you, Dennis Dodd, if you're listening, for taking time out of your day to just make sure we understand it. We will explain it to you. And yeah, I think it's actually, I like expansion. Tom doesn't. It's pretty good. I also had um, two weird dreams that Tom doesn't like to hear about. So I may throw those your direction. Russell Wilson now betting favorite to be a Steeler next year. So we'll get into that. Jerry Greenberg will join us. We'll do buy or sell toward the end of the show. And I'll give you an interesting perspective on, on Kevin Durant and his view of leadership and what I think his answer says about him. Maybe not what you expect. But let's start with the fact that Doc Rivers is getting exposed as the exact person we've told you that he is for years here on this show. And that is an overrated head coach, considered behind the scenes in the NBA, more politician than tactician, more of a weasel, according to other people, than a winner. And for all the faults of the program, we, I, if I may be so bold as to tell the truth here, get more things right than we get wrong. Especially when it comes to the NBA and the NFL, having over the course of my career covered both of those sports. Have sources in those sports, and bringing you perspectives that do reflect often, especially in hoops. That's what I'm doing now in my other full time gig. Perspectives and opinions that are mine, but are based on actual conversations. And one that I have um gone to the well on a lot. And there's nothing wrong with going to the well. I mean, think about it. It's a well. There's water in it. You're thirsty. Drink from it. Go to the well. Is the reality that Doc Rivers is not the all-time great, sure-thing winner, culture builder, locker room leader, that his very impressive, self-generated public relations apparatus would lead you to believe. The guy's a a problem. The guy is a mistake. He's a mistake for Milwaukee. And I've been telling you this. I've been giving it to you. Straight. And now the, the cracks are starting to form, and people out there in the NBA space, former players are starting to be like, you know what, i got to go at Doc Rivers. I'm going to play this in a second. It's J.J. Redick. emerging. I think he is an emerged media star, going to be on the finals. Remember, played for Doc Rivers. Just remember, here's the context of what you're about to hear over on, on ESPN. Doc Rivers forced out Adrian Griffin as a supposed advisor, a guy that he was supposed to mentor took Adrian Griffin's job, Adrian Griffin was the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks when the bucks were thirty and thirteen. Doc comes in and proceeds to lose games. He's three and seven, even Joe Purdy, who was the interim, was two and one. Doc Rivers then throws his guys under the bus. I'll play it for you in a little bit. He gets to be the all star game coach. He complains he didn't want the job when he got it. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else's mistake. It's always someone else. Who was the reason that a Doc Rivers team lost a series they shouldn't have? Blew a 2-0 series lead. lead blew a 3-1 series lead. And J.J. Redick, over on ESPN, and it's amazing to me how what you're about to hear reflects private conversations I've had with guys like J.J. Redick over the years. Now, I've come on the radio and said, this is what people think. and Colleagues from the NBA would come on the show or other places where I do media and, and and argue with me, and then in private we'd get a beer, and they'd be like, yeah, okay, well, maybe Doc's not. Some people don't like Doc. This is the truth nobody would tell. It's gotten so obvious, J.J. Redick, yesterday, ESPN, decide just let it rip.
1: I, it? I've seen the trend now. I've seen the trend for years. The trend is always making excuses. Get Doc, we get it. Taking over a team in the middle of the season is hard. It's hard. We get it. Just like getting traded in the middle season is hard for a player. We get it. Mm-hmm. But it's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team under the bus. They lose to Memphis. Oh, it's his players. Memphis was playing G League guys and two-way guys. And then you look at his quotes over the weekend. Now he wants to take credit for the James Harden trade to the Clippers working out. He wants credit for that. There's, just no <laughs> up- There's never accountability with that guy. Well, There's me- never accountability.
2: Shocking candor and insight unless you listen to this show. And you've heard this before. And this is the problem with Doc Rivers being hired. If Doc Rivers had been hired—I'm sorry to pick on these, these, these teams—with the Orlando Magic, that would be a bummer for the Orlando Magic, but we probably wouldn't talk about it very much. If he had even been hired to coach the Sacramento Kings, who were an interesting team in the Western Conference— We probably wouldn't talk that much about it. No, Doc Rivers, the amazing ability of Doc Rivers, because there are people in every business, in my business, in your business, who manage up better than they manage down who are better at the task of getting the job and keeping the job than doing the job. You know who I'm talking about wherever you work. Everybody's worked with somebody like this. Everybody's worked with somebody who's a fake to the bosses, manages up well, is really, really good in the in the, in the the boardroom or the meeting room, but not doing the actual job. That's Doc Rivers. The problem is, this ain't Joe at the local—I used to work here—Walmart, who's not stocking the M&M's, so I got to do it for him or whatever, this is a guy in Doc Rivers who constantly has the opportunity to coach teams that can win championships. You're talking about the future and the history of the NBA. You're talking about legacies and the potential for greatness. Look, I'm not a Chris Paul guy, and I've discussed that a lot, but Chris Paul and that team had a window with the Clippers. That was the Chris Paul window. Gone. Closed. Doc Rivers. And and I hope Joel Embiid will get himself a championship, because I think he's amazing. And Nick Nurse is going to help. But there was time that was squandered with Doc Rivers in Philadelphia. And Giannis, who's got a ring already, is one of the guys. This is not a guarantee, but if you're listening to Milwaukee, where we're on the air, you know this. He's one of the guys who, if he wins two or three or four, all of a sudden you start to talk about him as the best player of his generation post-LeBron, post Steph. But the odds that he's going to do that are, are severely, severely hampered by his coach. That gives Jokic a huge, a huge lead in that legacy competition that will play out. And, and Doc can't help but telling himself. Maybe, maybe as you get more and more comfortable with the same con game, with the same reality, and you get paid for it, and you make money, and you have wealth, and you get away with something, I think Doc's gotten away with being a bad coach. Maybe you just get so comfortable, you let your guard down a little bit. You start to tell on yourself a little bit. Because I've seen this too. Unfortunately in my business. People who were really good at what I was telling you about, faking it. But then they got so comfortable, they stopped faking it a little bit, and then people saw through them. And then the bosses saw through them. And then it was, oh, this is so obvious. We gotta do something about it. Maybe Doc Rivers is gonna get there. Because was this on Sirius XM? On Sirius XM and I want you to I want you to listen to Doc Rivers who he is saying made the approach. Okay, I'm gonna explain to you why this is Doc undermining people Milwaukee. Here's Doc Rivers again feeling sorry for himself for the job he took from somebody else
0: personally I you know' I, I'll be honest I, I told our owners uh, when they called I said I think you, you I don't understand why you're doing this you know um, and they said you know one of the things they said was well it doesn't matter We're, we've done it now and um, we, we, we want you and, and so that was a tough one I didn't I, that was that's where you had the hesitation.
2: Oh yeah, the no, life is hard for for Doc. Let me, let me break down several. He's he is a smart dude, smart guy. Let me break down what he's doing here. A couple things that he's doing here. First of all, he is making it very, very clear that the owners called him. Did you hear that? The owners called me. The owners did it. That is undermining a guy named John Horst. You may not know who that is. That is the general manager of the Milwaukee Bucks. John Horst, listening to that interview, probably has to be thinking, wait, I, either he's thinking, I hired you, Doc, or more likely, Doc's telling the truth, great, Doc just told the whole world I had nothing to do with this hire. Not good for the front office. Doc undermines front offices. He wants that control. He had it in L.A. And to a degree, he had it in Philly. He, he's also saying, in that clip, in that self-reverential conversation, about what he is doing, he's also saying that Adrian Griffin had already been fired. I had nothing to do with it. And that's garbage. I don't believe it. I've talked to people in and around that organization. I don't think it's true. I've talked to people around the NBA who work in the NBA, probably like J.J. Redick, probably why he's so fired up, who say it's not true. Look, Doc is a guy that blames everybody. And I I could play you... I could literally play you, if we went through, through the if we made the time, 50 clips, easily, of different times Doc Rivers has, has thrown somebody under the bus. It's ben Sim- he destroyed Ben Simmons' confidence. Whatever shred of confidence Ben Simmons had left, Doc destroyed him. Go to Orlando, go somewhere else. I could play his kid Austin Rivers defending him, which I have in front of me. I'm not going to. His son, Austin Rivers, came on ESPN and said, oh, Doc's pretty good. Here are all the excuses. Then he said, JJ, you're my boy. You're my boy, Blue. Because... Even Austin doesn't want to go full bore because he probably knows deep down, all right, well, maybe it's a little true. Be- before the All-Star break, and you heard J.J. Reddick reference this, Doc Rivers kept losing games, lost to a Grizzlies team, in which Pretty Daddy was, was... He didn't start, but play, but he was, like, on the team sheet. That's how That's how deprived of talent they were. He lost to Portland, a Portland team that is terrible. I mean... It's not just the 3-7 and seven record. It's some of those 7s are against not very good basketball teams. And Doc Rivers, like he always did, decided to blame his basketball team.
0: First play, we, we gamble for the 50th time in the corner. Guy drives. Uh, we have to help. Leads to a 3. We come back in this, uh, on our set. Uh, two guys forget what we're running. Uh, then we miss the shot, and then nobody gets back. That's how we start out the third quarter. That tells you all you need to know about where our heads were. Um, you know, um, we, we had some guys here, and we had some guys in Cabo.
2: It's all some guys in Cabo. I wish Doc were in Cabo for the sake of the Bucks. I'm not a Bucks fan. I'm not a Bucks fan. But I'm, I'm from Iowa, which, you know, you geography buffs will know, touches Wisconsin. It's the same part of the country. I like that part of the country. I don't like the term flyover country. I think it's insulting. But it is nice to see parts of America that are not New York City or L.A. or Miami or whatever, Houston, Chicago, thriving in sports, especially in a model, and the NBA is one of them. Not as bad as baseball, but still where it's harder to retain talent. I love Giannis in part because he stayed. I love Giannis in part because he's a hidden gem who emerged one of the great players of the era, and potentially all the time, and at least for now has stayed in Milwaukee. And my, my worry is that not only will Doc Rivers squander this window, He will be a huge part of the reason that eventually Giannis does what everybody does, unfortunately, and he says, I want to go somewhere else. Under contract, not under contract. There's a lot at stake here that's bigger than Doc Rivers. That's bigger than Doc. It's one thing to screw up in Philly or screw up in L.A. Those are organizations and places that are probably going to be able to replenish. I mean, Philly is basically New York City West. It's very close, hour and a half by train. And L.A. is obviously L.A. Even the Clippers are the second team here where I'm sitting in Los Angeles, California. I, I, I hold Milwaukee in kind of a special place in my heart because it's near where I'm from and because those markets tend not to have a lot of success. That is sustainable. What's hard to sustain is a better way to say it. Even the Thunder, who had three of the best players of their generation, haven't won a championship, and those guys left, and they had to reset. And, and Presti's doing it. Doc has been entrusted with something special again. I think this something special is more fragile, and he's going to do what he always does is screw it up and blame other people and undercut the front office and leave the place in shambles. J.J. Reddick's mad as hell because he's finally saying what everyone's been saying for years. Doc ain't it. And I feel bad for the Milwaukee Bucks for all the consequences that's going to lead to. 855 cbs is the phone number. 855 cbs all right, I, I want to... We're going to explain to you the college football playoff format. It's, it's, it's pretty good news. It's actually really good news. It's a really good format. And the Pac-2, God, it feels so insulting when I say that. But the two schools that remain in the Pac-12, just cross off the one, but are doing a, what is it, Mountain West, a, 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 a schedule share. Oh, it's brutal. Had to sign off on this. And so they had to navigate their own self-interest and what they wanted. And I think it's a pretty good conclusion why the 12-team expanded playoff, the 5-plus-7 model, is good for the sport. And let's make Tom uncomfortable with my dreams. Next year. CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: Welcome
5: back to Writer Than You. It
2: is not something that we should just roll our eyes and say, I accept it in stupidity and to in any way criticize the sport makes me a moron. Again, like some of my colleagues suggested. Here's a breaking news flash for all people in media. You criticize sports for a living. You literally come on the radio or TV or if you write, and part of your job is to be a critic of sports. That's the deal.
0: On CBS Sports Radio.
2: All right, welcome back into the show. Uh, Thank you for being here. Appreciate you. We'll get to the college football playoff in a moment. Yesterday, so my wife and Lori and the kids are in Ohio at her parents' house. I'm alone, and I hate to admit, because I do really miss my kids and my wife, it is nice having the house
5: to myself. Tom, it's pretty freaking beautiful. I, too, love my family, but I am jealous.
2: When's the last time you had your home to yourself for 48 hours or more?
5: 48 hours? I can't think of four hours. Yeah. My wife and and son are home before me every single day. Here's what I did yesterday. I'm also off from the other job,
2: CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ, until Thursday. So I get off the radio, and I'm, I'm chilling, I'm just chilling. So, la- yesterday, about four, I decided I'm going to go get some sushi. I'm going to drive over and get some sushi. Then I decided I'm going to walk. It's far in the rain so I can have some sake with the sushi. And Jake Kring Schreifels, do you know this guy? Me either. I do not. Tweeted out that it was the 25th anniversary of Office Space, and that it means it's been five years since its oral history. So, I went to the sushi. This thing must have been 10. Th- I read this, cr- I was laughing out loud. So loud at the sushi bar, people were staring at me. It was that funny of an article, and I went home and there's no hoops on, so I bought office space for a buck ninety nine and laughed my my tail off there too. That was my night.
5: <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy your evening. I'm happy <laughs> yeah. that you were happy.
2: It was. I have some. I have one last bottle of Blantons. I can't get it, and I thought, you know, I'm gonna pour myself a tall one and just sip on this Blantons and watch office space. <laughs> Wouldn't say I've been missing it, Bob. It was a great night, great
5: night. How many times do you think you've seen Office Space in its entirety?
2: Great question. Twenty-five, one a year, on average. That's actually lower than I would have thought. How many times have you seen it in its entirety?
5: I'm going to go with five or six.
2: I was an intern at the Chicago Tribune back in the in 2000, and it. Well, I was a newspaper student, and it was very stressful back when newspapers were newspapers and the tribune was a machine they used to intentionally mess with reporters i didn't know this till later i thought they hated me they offered me a job at the end of the thing and i was like and i said basically no you guys are this is too stressful and i worked i worked 80 hour weeks i was there all the time i i mean it was it was stressful and i called in sick for 2 days once if you're listening to my bosses i wasn't sick and i went down to lake michigan and just stared at the lake. I, was, I just didn't want to go to work. And then I went home and watched Office Space on repeat for those two days. It's when it dawned on me, maybe I don't want to work for a living. And then <laughs> it dawned on me, I don't have a choice. All the idealism washed away in the fire pits of the Chicago Tribune. Yeah. Uh, here are my two dreams. You love my dreams. Do you want me to save it for buy or sell? Or do you want me to just get it out of the way? I want
5: you to remain happy. You had a great night last night. You enjoyed your night. Why don't you tell me your dreams? Because I know it makes you happy.
2: Soccer. Barcelona is playing Napoli today, and it's a really important tie. Tie means match. Uh, first leg, which means the first part of two, and if they don't win today, I think they're going to fire Xavi, even though he's leaving at the end of the year. And I dreamt that the field was basically a 45 degree and turned, but I was a defender, and I lined up for a um, a, a, a kick, a, a free kick, and I was a defender, and Ter Stegen, the goalie, was behind me, and then they scored, and then I got lost, and Xavi was mad at me. I also (laughs) was in, then later I was dreaming I was in a post-apocalyptic future, and Ron Livingston, who's the guy from Office Space, uh, showed up as a pilot and flew a plane low over a city so we could rescue
5: some people. I will pay to have your (laughs) dreams analyzed in their entirety. I don't want the dreams that have to do with me or anybody we know we work with. Like those dreams where I don't know anyone in it, I will personally pay my own money to have it analyzed.
2: Here's what's weird about Ron Livingston and that the office space thing came up. I'm also watching Louder Milk on Netflix. I my mean, Lori and the kids are going, I'm just watching T V and drinking bourbon. It's amazing. It's and having dinner with buddies. It's um, but last night I ate alone. It was great. He stars in Louder Milk too. So I have a lot of Ron Livingston in my life right now. Alright. Uh, yeah, this is this is the stuff that I deal with. As you say, or as I I'm a weird guy. I can't I'm just me. Uh, Tom and I are not aligned on the college football playoff, although I think we're starting to, to win them over. We go to 12. We, you, us, the fans, College Football Universe, and they announced yesterday after the show what the actual parameters are. So here is how it works. It's called a 5 plus 7. Four teams, the top four teams, are going to get a bye. Here's how that will work. The highest-ranked teams that win their conference will be the top four seats. That's probably that is designed to almost almost being the keyword, almost certainly be the power four. But it's not a guarantee. So let's say that, for example, Alabama wins the SEC championship. They're in. And whatever. Whoever you wanna whoever you wanna point to, Oklahoma State wins or whoever it's gonna be in the in the expanded Big Twelve. But let's say Iowa has three losses. But that entire side of the equation is awful. And they somehow play, I'm just making this up, they play, Iowa plays Michigan in the Big 12 championship. And they beat them. And Michigan was, was undefeated. And Iowa's the Big 10 champion. At that point, Iowa would go and be one of the top four and get the bye. Forcing Michigan to the other part of this, this 5 plus 7, which is a 7 at, at large bids. Now here's the other thing. A team that is not in the power four, one of the group of five, are going to have a guarantee. You just have to be the—so let's say you're Cincinnati, and you are ranked, I don't know, 14th in the country, and you win your conference. You are then going to beat out whoever—Liberty, maybe, that would have been who it was last time, or San Diego State, or whoever you want to point to who's out there. You'll also— be a guaranteed in, but not a guaranteed buy. And here's the other interesting thing about this. So you've got the, the top four, which will usually be conference champions from the power four. Not guaranteed, but it's the highest ranked. They get a buy, so put them aside. Now you have eight teams that remain. In that first round, the higher seed will be at home. So let's say that the Iowa Hawkeyes don't win, because they won't, uh, the Big Ten Championship but they do have a really good season they somehow get in, they could host a game in Iowa City. Or more likely, if Auburn has a renaissance, or Texas, or Oklahoma, don't win their respective— USC doesn't win the Big Ten, but does really well. Michigan or Ohio State win it, but USC has a good season. Then you could have a home playoff game in the opening round here in Los Angeles, here in L.A., at the Coliseum. I like him for for a lot of reasons. And part of the reason—so so the Pac-12— which we call the Pac-2, which is Washington State and Oregon State, and they have a short-term agreement with the Mountain West just to play games. They can't win that conference. They had to sign off on this, and initially it was going to be a 6 plus 6 because they don't want to guarantee the Pac-12 a slot. Nobody's guaranteeing a conference of two teams, and a conference that has no future or may not have a future. Plus, if you guaranteed it, if you locked it in, if you if you guarantee the Pac-12 a spot and you're those two schools and you just don't ex- maybe you don't even expand you just you play we won, you know? We did it. We beat the other guy. So they signed off in part because in a reconstructed Pac-12 they have the opportunity to be and they would presume if they could build the right conference, they could be one of the top 5 spots. That's how that's how it works. And what there are a few things that are going to be interesting. One, whoever gets in as the top rank as the as the conference champion that's the fifth ranked is going to have an interesting situation where and I think it was liberty. It was actually it would have been liberty in the past incarnation. There's certainly a world where Liberty gets all gets the lock, right? They finished twelfth. They were the highest conference champion, fifth highest conference champion by ranking. One through eleven were all from the same four conferences. And or did not win their their respective conference championships. But there's no guarantee that Liberty, as the fifth, would host a game. They could be ranked 12, and so Liberty could win that conference, could get a guarantee in, and have to travel to play USC at the Coliseum here in Los Angeles. Here's another thing to keep an eye on that's going to be really interesting. You're going to have these expanded power conferences, especially the Big Ten, I think, is is the best example. And what happens when an Iowa has a pretty good year or a USC is underwhelming but has three losses, how will the committee, because the committee will decide the seven at-large bids and how they, where they rank them. They can, put any, they can put seven more SEC schools in. What happens if you start to see, of the seven at-large teams, you start to see three or four SEC schools start to creep into the mix? Are people going to get angry? Are we going to have the same conversations we always had? And I think it's great. There's still going to be chaos. There's still going to be anger. There's still going to be slights. There's still probably going to be biases against certain conferences and in favor of conferences like the SEC. And not just the SEC. In favor of certain schools. You could see an Ohio State on a down year getting in as the 11 or 12, the the final at-large bid, over a less prestigious school who's more deserving. But here's the thing. I'd rather, excuse my French, screw over a program in the 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 range than in the 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 range. The whole idea that Washington might not have made it last this past incarnation goes away. It's just where they make it. Do they have a bye? Do they get to play at home? And that's another cool thing. I, I love the idea that in the college football playoff, we're going to have four college, huge college games at on campuses. And if you're one of the top four teams, let's say you're Alabama, just to, to, to for an example. Why can't we play in Tuscaloosa? Bro, you already got the pie. You're good. You're you're at the next stage. It makes sense. I think, Tom, I know that you're a skeptic on this. I know that you didn't love expansion, but you have to admit, pretty good, it's a pretty good system they put in place.
5: All right. Once we get over the hurdle that I hated where we are at But you're
2: 12- stubborn. You're, you don't even maybe hate it. You just decided you hate it, so you're having trouble letting that go.
5: Right. A little context. Right. right. Before we even get this thing going, before I even see it, I hated it. And I, and as you said, I'm one of the most stubborn people on the planet. Immersing myself in this last night, reading countless articles, watching countless videos, and analysts talk about it. So you read half an article? I read, I read a lot of articles last night okay. on this. And I actually, I asked our good buddy, a.k.a. your good buddy, Dennis Dodd. The Dodd some- father called you. Yes, but after I reached out and said, hey, I don't understand this. I'm not very smart. Can you help me with this? This is the best way to do it. There will be chaos. There is such emphasis now where there wasn't in years past on winning your conference. I still don't love that. I think that the regular season is not as important as it should be, but there will be chaos. It's just going to be different chaos. I now have the door open on this expanded playoff where I had it shut. It's going to be amazing. I root for chaos. Listen, my team stinks in college football. I root for Miami. They're terrible. You can make it a 2014 playoff. They're never going to make it. I root for chaos. There is still going to be chaos. And I know there's a lot of fans out there who love the chaos of college football. It's not going anywhere. It's just going to be a little bit different.
2: It's going to be awesome. It is going to be so entertaining. And the other, this also coincides with people get angry about how college sports have shifted and changed and there's NIL and there's transfer portal and kids can make money. And Caleb Williams, for example, is living in some gorgeous condo in the sky in LA, but it coincides with the fact that I think this format and the number of games and the excitement, this is going to be the biggest thing in sports. It already probably is, but it's going to be almost NFL level. It won't be the NFL, but it's going to feel and look like, a a champion, a professional championship, and it's going to pull in so many eyeballs, and I think it's going to be so much more interesting than certainly what we had not that long ago when we had the BCS when it was two schools, and it does give you like it does give you a chance if you're. What'll be really interesting too is if you are schools in the in the group of five, if you are San Diego State or Boise State when they had a really strong program. How do you balance – you're probably going to do everything you can to schedule the hell out of really, really difficult games because it doesn't mean your record's going to matter, but you want some huge wins because you're going to need to combine getting the highest ranking,
5: but you also have to go out there and win your conference. I love it. It's awesome. You're absolutely right about the group of five, but on the other side of the coin, does Notre Dame now have any incentive to schedule any good games on their schedule? The Notre, I mean Notre Dame, has to join a conference. I,
2: I know that they love their independence, but if the system holds, because they're in a large team, right? That's it. They're
5: they're in a large team. No conference to win.
2: Yeah, I guess. It, I mean, look, it's a balancing act for them. They have to do enough that when the committee puts them in that group I described as getting more of the benefit of the doubt than they deserve, that it that it doesn't look too farcical without making the schedule so difficult they lose too many games that they can get get in. They're going to get in all the time. Here, well here's the other thing. Things change quick. The world moves fast. If Notre Dame, if they pro if they don't schedule as, with the difficulty they should and they do get in when they should not and they let go of the rope a little bit and they lose their grasp on being great and they get humiliated in that tournament. This is these are all ifs. A couple years in a row, you will have a committee that whose views will shift on a, a school like Notre Dame. So they'll get you'll get a short term maybe benefit if you're in Notre Dame. But if you embarrass yourself and therefore the committee, then you're not gonna be given the benefit of the doubt, I would imagine, as an at large going forward. If on the other hand, you you know, you win games, you play well, it goes great, then you're gonna get you're gonna continue to get the benefit of the doubt. So whatever they schedule, as long as Notre Dame is competitive as one of the best twelve schools in the country, and when they get to that stage, they win and or compete, they're gonna they're gonna be okay. I I love it. I can I cannot where would Missouri, by the way, wouldn't Missouri have gotten,
5: I don't, I, I didn't look at They would have gotten in. They would have been in.
2: Well, as an at-large team. Yes. So you never know, because they're, maybe they would have gotten totally hosed.
5: Yes, yes. I mean, they finished the year ranked ninth, if I'm not mistaken, so you could have, because everyone's saying, oh, it's the next seven ranked teams. Yes, but the committee is going to manipulate that. 100%. In the way that it works for them in their eyes. So by saying, oh, it's just the next seven, it's not up to the committee. It's up to the committee where the teams are ranked. So even if they should be ranked like, you could still have teams getting hosed, as you said. So that would have been an eight-nine matchup.
2: That was when so Missouri would have gone on the road against whoever. Fin- I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. Went to Missouri from Iowa. Those are the two schools that I have like an emotional connection to. Love everything about it. Also. We're not joking, Tom is very stubborn. The fact that, that he's like I kinda like it is Tom's way. Let me let me play interpreter. Let me let me speak Tom to you. Let me speak pretty daddy for you. It's Tom saying, I was so wrong. I stand utterly corrected.
5: I apologize. They've done it. That is basically what Tom is saying. That's as close as you're gonna get. Yep. <laughs> I know I love in talking this through and I was probably annoying you. There's chaos. There's so much chaos to be had.
2: You mansplained it to me six times. Yeah,
5: there's so much chaos to be had. And I love that about college football that I don't think you get in the major four sports.
2: Let me pull back the curtain. We talk in the morning and and Tom called me, explained it to me. and And I go, I think I got it. And then you mansplained it to me like six times. And I said, I understand. Right. Basically true.
5: Yeah, it's more about making sure that I got it. And then, no it's not, so and then that I the, don't confuse
2: you it's good producing. then, in the break, so we did. we went over it for a long time this morning. Then, in the break, you go, "Hey, do you have a second to talk through and i and I think I thought or said, did they change the rules the last ten minutes? You were very thorough- you were very into it.
5: I think you said quote again,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I understand the words that you are speaking. uh I got good news, and I got bad news uh, for Steelers fans. The good news is sometimes Vegas is wrong. The bad news is they think that Russell Wilson is going to be your quarterback. And we will get into that after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish.
4: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
0: Welcome back to Writer Than You.
2: I got to lock it up, Tom. Lock it up. On
0: CBS Sports Radio. All right, Welcome
2: back into the show. Bill Ryder with you on this Wednesday. Some of you are saying to lean into Hump Day as a nod to, to Pretty Daddy and the things that he holds dear. And while I want to support Tom and his worldview, I don't think today can be a Hump Day given the fact that Monday was an off day. Because Hump Day is the... Sort of, you know, you're at the halfway point. You're going up, you get to the top, and then it's all downhill. Midnight could be hump moment, but that comes off real weird. We'll
5: play by your technicality here. Man, I have some vivid dreams.
2: I wonder. So here's the other thing. Here's some real dad talk. You ready? Love my kids so much. And I am, whatever it takes to be a parent, I'm in for. But I thought I was through the sleep deprivation when my kids got old enough to make their own cereal. That's a pretty big moment when your youngest, in this case, he makes his own bowl. It's like, oh my god, I can sleep in again. Henry sleepwalks pretty severely. I think if I told you this, to the point where like I have to bolt the doors, we have to hook the door. It's a real. I have to go on a camping trip that I didn't know I was doing to an island, Catalina Island. Later, I'll be off for three bleeping days in May when I shouldn't because Lori signed me up. I love you, baby. I really do. Uh, Because we don't want Henry to sleepwalk out of his tent. I don't sleep at night is the point. Lori, God bless her, sleeps with noise cancellation headphones on. Her way of saying, I ain't doing it. So, a mouse can squeak seven blocks from where I live and I am awake worried it's Henry moving around. We used to, when our kids were born, we had Maddie and Henry when they were when they're newborns, in a, in a little crib next to our bed for the first five or six months, and I would sl- I would snore. I would sleep through, I'm dad of the year here. Uh, Lori, we'd be so mad. A, but now, so my point is, here's my point. Bring it full circle to the show. Lori and the kids are in Lyme, Ohio, at the in-laws. I'm not. I have never. It's the best sleep. It's this or travel sleep. It's so good. I Part of the reason I'm having these weird dreams with Ron Livingston saving the day and, and like this Barcelona is because I'm in, I'm in real deep REM sleep for the first time <laughs> in a long time. You've I, noticed my energy level in the morning.
5: Oh, it's night and day. It's totally different. And I got to say, you know what? Kudos to Lori noise cancellation had, that's a power move man that oh it makes me it makes me so mad yeah that's the definition of a power move i don't like it move.
2: yeah no it's it's and then she'll she'll go I, I leave one off so i can hear him well whatever it's not working <laughs> i'm the one yeah. and it's actually ramped way down i mean I, knock on wood he, i don't think he slept walking in a minute but there it used to be twice a night and he would get mad what <laughs> that's all good buddy <laughs> It's nice to be getting some real sleep. Um, so I dream. I dream better now. And the, I, for me, the stuff at nightmares would be Russell Wilson as your quarterback. But as I process this, because the betting odds are out, and normally when these odds come out, it's next team, and then there's a little asterisk if, if they don't move on. That's not the actual bet you can place on Russell Wilson. It's just it's just where he starts week one, and it includes the Broncos and the Broncos are not the favorite to be his team. The the betting favorite and these things don't always come to fruition, but the betting favorite for where Russell Wilson will be next year is the Steelers. And I don't think it'll work, but the old expression needs must, I suppose, is the reality. They this is a team. Tom just sent this to me. So as you know, they they don't have a quarterback. There's internal reported dis- disagreements between whether it's Kenny Pickett or it's, or it's Mason Rudolph, who will be their quarterback in, in 2024. This is like, this is as if you're going to argue about whether you want the rancid bologna sandwich or the rancid ham sandwich. How about you find something else to eat? How about you leave the house and you go to a restaurant? Now, easier said than done. Uh, Steelers are minus 250 to be Russell Wilson's team at the start of the season. This is according to DraftKings. That is a that is a huge favorite. That is a huge favorite. Raiders are plus 550. That's 5.5 to 1. Falcons plus 650. Broncos, obviously his team, plus 750. Now, some details that matter. And Russell Wilson had a better year last year. And still, Sean Payton didn't want him. Now, now some of that is is because Payton's trying to build a winner and... The cap reality and the contract reality. Wilson signed a five-year, almost two hundred and fifty million dollar deal uh, in September of two thousand twenty-two. Obviously, a lot of those years are left. He is guaranteed thirty-nine million dollars this year, whether he has a roster spot or not, and he'd be owed thirty-seven million next year, twenty-five uh, guaranteed, if he could not pass the physical on the fifth day of the of the league new league year, which will be which is in March. I think it's a mistake. I don't think it'll work. There's obviously cap issues, but if, especially if Denver cuts him to save money in the future, not this year. I actually understand what the Steelers are thinking. I'd rather have Kirk Cousins. I'd actually rather have Baker Mayfield. But if you can find a way to bring in Russell Wilson without any long-term commitments, which is the real mistake the Broncos made. Wilson wasn't very good in year one and was better last year, but the real problem is the contract and the burden that it puts on the Broncos as it relates to their cap and trying to build a winner. To say nothing to their culture and they're trying to build it, that's the other thing. Russell Wilson's not a good culture guy. We we know it now. Had an office, wasn't well-liked, kind of a goofball. Whatever you think about Pete Carroll, I think he should still be the head coach. He created a culture that worked. Even if it frayed and fell apart every five or six years, it worked twice. Mike Tomlin has built a culture that seems to work, certainly in Pittsburgh. So maybe it's Russell Wilson, that team, and that culture is Russell Wilson-resistant in a way the Broncos weren't, and certainly Sean Payton, who was running around insulting other coaches, was not. I I don't hate it. Now, Ryan Tannehill's a free agent. No thank you. Baker Mayfield is technically available, but he can be tagged. That tag number's in the 30s, but it gives you some perspective on if Russell Wilson costs thirty nine million, and again, there's an, there could be a he could be cut, it could be a lesser amount, he could take a veterans minimum if he wants to and go somewhere else if he's getting paid by the Broncos, but the Broncos have to cut him for that to happen. So there's a lot that that that's coming. Uh Steelers also have the twentieth pick in the draft this year. Uh, Broncos have the twelfth pick in the draft. Let's focus on the Steelers for a second. The notion and the idea of drafting somebody at twenty or or, or moving up and sitting them makes sense. In that case, you and it probably isn't Baker Mayfield, but you do need And if you're going to draft a quarterback, you're probably not going to go with Pickett or Rudolph because I don't think that's the quarterback room you want to develop your guy in, and there's a competitive factor. That's why I don't think in that scenario Baker Mayfield makes sense because Baker, understandably after last year, wants to be, thinks he is a long-term starting quarterback in the National Football League. And by the way, he is. question is, is he the 12th best QB or is he the 20th best QB? It's a big difference in terms of what you can do. Had a really good season. So that's where you get into, okay, Russell Wilson for a year or two. Or and you go. I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy, but again, needs must. Kirk Cousins, maybe you go for for a year or two. Or if you really like the kid, you draft Ryan Tannehill. God help you. Maybe for a, a year. The problem is, even if you you have to draft the right guy, you have to draft the right person. And the Steelers want to win now, and their owner has said that they have to win a playoff game this year. I think to keep the pressure off and make avoid the mistake of say getting rid of Mike Tomlin or him wanting to leave. And Russell Wilson might be the best bad option that is out there. Now, I'll just throw this out there. I know he's 80 years old. Joe Flacco played really well for Cleveland. Was really good in a similar situation. Really good defense. Pretty well-run team in terms of the coaching staff. This is the Steelers dilemma. Thing is, it's probably going to be Russell Wilson because minus 250 is a huge, huge favorite. Let's, Let's talk some hoops. Let's get into the all-star game, what to expect in the second half of the season. Doc Rivers' likability, that was sarcasm, uh, with our guy, my dude, Jared Greenberg, NBA on TNT, superstar on NBA TV, next year on CBS Sports Radio.
4: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit
3: HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.